0: There's only one authority on the Tennessee Titans, and that's the Tennessean. And there's only one show that's an authority, too, and you've found it. This is Talkin' Titans.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Talkin' Titans. This is Gentry Estes, sports columnist for the Tennessean. I'm here with Eric Bacharach, Titans beat writer for the Tennessean. What's going on, Gentry? It is good to uh good to be back here for another week and uh good week for the Titans. Awfully good performance this weekend in Atlanta, much needed result for this team. They're now two and two. Host the Buffalo Bills this week. Eric, I guess kind of sum up what you've thought of the game against the Falcons and you know how things look going into this week
0: honestly i uh, to be honest gentry and, and you know we spoke about this before the game in the press box i kind of saw it coming just because it was one of those true, games true true where for that. Uh, i'm sure most people picked the falcons to win it they're at home they're a team that as you said last week that the falcons to this point might be the most disappointing team this year just because of the talent that they have and the record that they have to show for it so it was very much I, I think it was honestly a bigger game for the Falcons than it was for the Titans just with them playing at home a game that you know on paper they probably were thinking they should win this game and of course the Titans go into Atlanta and and thoroughly outplay their counterparts, really in all facets. You know, the conversation has to start with with the offense, just because of of how good it was, you know, especially in relation to the previous two weeks. Marcus Mariota played well uh, through through three touchdown passes in the first half. AJ Brown, Corey Davis both went for over ninety yards, which is a really big development for this team just to have you know your your two top guys. Going like that, I think that was a really encouraging sign. The offensive line held up no sacks a week after allowing nine sacks. Uh, so that was obviously a very big part of the game. Marcus Mariota actually threw the ball away, which was exciting uh, if, if you've seen him <laughs> hold on to it too long too often, uh, you know, the past couple of years. Uh, And then obviously the defense was was pretty darn good itself, holding the Falcons to 10 points. They're now holding opponents on the season to 15.5 points a game, which is fourth in the league. So this defense has been consistent. It's the offense where we've seen, you know, we saw some really big strides this past week.
1: Seeing these four games, game three and game four couldn't have been more different for the Titans the Mm -hmm. way it's set up. And you're watching the game in Jacksonville and you're thinking, how can this team beat anybody mm-hmm. you're not seeing anything offensively no spark but then you watch a game like what happened in Atlanta you see some explosion offensively and then you see how good that defense is and how they were able to shut the door you know Matt Ryan threw for a bunch of yards but it just never felt like Atlanta was was seriously going to make a serious push to win that game it mm-hmm. just never felt that way the Titans again as they did in Cleveland I felt like sh- were able to shut the door defensively as well as any team in the league you you see teams make runs and Atlanta certainly had the weapons to do it but the Titans were able to hold them off I think when things are going well you see Derrick Henry you mm-hmm. see that defense you see the the script that they had in Atlanta it does seem to all be tied to do they get a lead my concern with this team is what happens you're, when they fall behind? Right. You're, you're going to have to throw some. You have to be—in this league, you have to be versatile and win different ways. They mm-hmm. haven't shown they can do that, but—
0: Right. I mean, we'll see. Uh, Marcus Mariota called it the blueprint, you know, as far as things that, that happen and, and just sort of the ideal set of circumstances for this team to, to sort of execute offensively, and that's just, first of all, have the, the passing game working efficiently, which they did against the Falcons, get that lead, have the offensive line— hold up and then, you know, use Derrick Henry sort of as that closer. We, we saw late in the game in the second half against the Falcons where, you know, he was ripping off seven, eight yards a carry, you know, against sort of a worn down team. And that's really where he's at his best later in games when, you know, the Titans can just ride him. So that's, this was, you know, the the best case scenario and it will be going forward as far as game plan and, you know, how the Titans can beat you. But like you just said, it's it's about finding different ways to win. And, you know, the Titans, did did so last year and i think they're capable of it i just think from week to week it's so hard to tell what we're you know which which titans team the good or the bad that we're gonna get you know even this week to me is tough because i think the bills you know we see the buffalo bills and and you know last year to us that was a win on the schedule even on the road and they ended up losing that game though they they Probably should have won it because of a Nick Williams drop in the end zone last year that that really haunted their entire season. But, you know, even going into this year, the Bills, uh, I, I think, are no joke. I think that's going to be a tough game. And again, from week to week, you, you think the Titans have something to build on offensively here, but we'll see if they can actually do that. It's been really hard for them to sub- sort of just sustain momentum one way or the other, really, for the past couple of seasons.
1: Bill's defense did a number on
0: Tom Brady this this last yeah, week. They made him look like downright bad. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched the highlight the other night, and uh, it was—I mean, it was—you saw that, and you're like, "How is Marcus Mariota going to fare anywhere near uh, as well as he did against the Falcons against this Bills defense?" And honestly, if not for three interceptions by Josh Allen, Patriots had a blocked punt that they returned for a touchdown in that game it was a 16 to 10 game and and the patriots had a lot of things sort of break their way so this bills team is legit they're three and one coming off a really tough loss to the patriots i think it's going to be tough you know if anybody
1: says they have a good read on what to expect from these titans week to week (laughs) they are lying there is this team is has absolutely solidified its reputation for another year as being the most unpredictable team in the nfl Mm -hmm and you were absolutely right to to, to zig Go when others were zagging yeah. last week mm-hmm. with with the game in Atlanta because i did i looked at, at the falcons and i saw how much talent they had on the roster and I, you know this was a team atlanta that that's built has been winning the last few years and is built to win now and they're not and i do think they're the most underachieving team in mm-hmm. the nfl probably or certainly one of them and uh, you could sense the disappointment in that arena it was it was palpable early, that right. the fans just were not pleased with what was happening in Atlanta. That was not a good good scene, and the Titans had a lot to do with that. They they made big plays early and kind of ran them out of the game. I don't know if they're going to be able to do that. Like I said, I think it's going to be a real challenge for for Mariota against, against the Bills' defense. Uh, and again, much like you can't know what to expect week-to-week week for the Titans, you can't know what to expect week-to-week week from Mariota, right. it, it seems like. It starts
0: and, with him, yeah, the unpredictability. And he's...
1: He's played pretty well. You know, if you look at the numbers,
0: it's, it's kind weeks. of shocking how like uh, immaculate the stats are, you know, no turnovers, first of all, which he's the only quarterback.
1: It's because he doesn't throw in a crowd.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. He's the only quarterback who started all four games this season without a turnover, which is, you know, pretty remarkable and, and big, you know, as far as if he's not going to, you know, win you games with 50 you know, yard bombs down the field, at least he's not hurting you. I think that's big has thrown seven touchdown passes, you know, his numbers passing-wise are, are, are pretty solid. So, I, you know, I think every time he does something good, we kind of want to justify it and say, you know, even on like the A.J. Brown pass, it was, you know, a, a kind of a 10 to 15-yard pass over the middle that A.J. Brown ends up taking for a 55-yard touchdown. And, and kind of the show really starts after he catches the ball, makes a couple of moves, turns on the jets. And that's kind of where the, the play, you know, a playmaker does his thing and you're like, how much credit does Mariota deserve there? I think he's, he's doing his job. He's putting the ball in the hands of his playmakers. That's what you're asking him to do. You're asking him not to turn it over to sort of... I think he's doing a really good job of, of facilitating the offense for sure. It's just a question of week to week. Can he show up? Can he not just totally disappear? And, and, you know, also a lot of that is the offensive line. And to, to not allow a sack this past week was huge, just given sort of the alarming rate at which it was happening before this game. And, you know, not to mention you get Taylor Lewan back. I know you wrote a piece about it earlier this week. I'm curious what you think that impact will be. Obviously, it will be significant, but just how significant?
1: Where I think it helps the Titans the most is that we, we mentioned the game script and falling behind and having to throw. Jacksonville just teed off on that for nine sacks when they became predictable. Right. And that, that is a real red flag that the Titans are unable to operate as they need, need to offensively when they have to come back in games. I think LeJuan will help a lot there. I think in terms of pass protection, his – look, they didn't make an excuse out of not having him, mm-hmm. and they could have in certain situations. I like think 17 sacks over the first three weeks. I mean, I don't think that's that's a coincidence. Right. That your, your star left tackle wasn't a part of that. So I think he, he will help a good bit in terms of – Allowing uh, things like happened to Jacksonville to not happen again, where Mm -hmm. it's just a complete breakdown and and uh, Mariota has no time to do anything. As far as Mariota, I think he's to a point now where you can say and and probably have been able to say he's not going to get you beat. Mm -hmm. He's not the kind of quarterback that you're going to lose because of him where I think he needs to take the next step is he needs to be a guy who can go win a game on his own mm-hmm. or not on his own necessarily, but a game the Titans wouldn't have otherwise if they didn't have that guy. And I don't know if he has that difference maker ability to throw the Titans back into some game where they're out of it. And, you know, right. this, uh, you know, he. this is a team that operates so well when things are going according to plan and mm-hmm. they're. it's just, you can't always rely on that. I wanted to ask too. The AFC South now four two and two teams. Right, it's kind of quirky. Uh, it's, it's it's pretty wide open. I mean, when you see, I think the Texans have kind of dropped the ball a little bit. I think they right. they kind of the Colts did too. I think each of those kind of had a chance to to get free early. Meanwhile, the, Jack, the Jaguars get a big win in Dallas. So all right, uh, Denver. How do you kind of see this shape?
0: There doesn't appear to be a team right now. No, I think it's uh, if you gave me a somehow a, a four-sided coin I would flip it and that would be my best bet I mean I still think to me I th- I still think the the Texans with Deshaun Watson I, I still really like them and I still like the Colts honestly you know they they lost a tough one uh, against the Raiders a game that they were picked to win pretty heavily by and I you know I I would probably to me that if I had to make a power ranking, I would I'd probably say Texans Colts Titans Jaguars to me that's It's the way it goes. I'm not still not fully buying the Jags. I think the Titans, as we've kind of spoke about, are just a total enigma from week to week. They could be really good. They could, to me, they I mean, they can knock off any team in this league, but they could also lose to any team in this league. And finding that consistency is is obviously key for them. I think the Colts and the Texans. I mean, to this point, uh, everyone has kind of been you know that way in this division. But I, I just think their ceiling is a little bit higher in terms of finding some sort of consistency and you know the Titans face the Texans twice in the last three weeks so that that's going to be something you know just worth keeping in the back of your mind as we go along here next two weeks I think are are huge for the Titans and that these
1: are these are two very winnable games Mm -hmm. coming up before the schedule gets a little tougher when you start bringing on teams like the Chargers and the Chiefs and like you mentioned those the the two games with the texans could end up deciding things late but to get to 4 and 2 to get through these weeks i think they would be positioned pretty well uh, in a division where i don't think you're going to need to win 11 games to win the division yeah. i i i think Ten, maybe even nine, gets it done with with how it's looking uh, with that group. Do you
0: see? Uh, you see Deshaun Watson's answer to the the question. Where... I did. Uh, that that to me was we we could only hope for something like that here. As that was far as, amazing. It yeah, was, uh, he, he really broke an it down. Like he it. he didn't. He very clearly didn't have sort of a, a condescending tone with with how in depth he went with with trying to break down the defense. It was enlightening. It was kind of just you know really interesting to listen to. And again, I, I don't think it's anything we will get here as far as thorough breakdowns go <laughs> not like that deshaun deshaun watson is uh
1: I, I once went to one of his high school basketball games and mm-hmm. talked to him afterwards when he was like a big time recruit mm-hmm. nicest guy in the world yeah still is and and the thing is the way he was that day mm-hmm. as a high school senior was the exact same way he was in that press conference mm-hmm. i i you a lot of, lot of, a lot of
0: respect for Deshaun Watts. He's a yeah, good guy. And, you know, I, I saw a video. It must have been maybe a couple hours after that press conference. He was, you know, back down on the field. I think some reporter caught video of him and the quarterback's coach just going through things hours after the game. And, you know, that's what you want from a quarterback. You want a guy that is a leader uh, behind the microphone and is a leader by example when it comes to, you know, just doing things to, to get better. So I, I really have a lot of faith in him and the Texans, or especially him. He's, he's the best quarterback in this division far and away to me. So I think that gives them the best shot uh, again at reaching some some level of consistency.
1: Tough loss though. They they, they dropped one they should have gotten this weekend, yep. and, and you need they need to get DeAndre Hopkins going if they're gonna
0: mm-hmm.
1: if they're gonna be. I agree though. I, I with your power rankings, I still think the Texans are the strongest team in the division. Uh, Colts, Titans, the yeah. Colts are dealing with some serious injuries right now. I I, I know in our, our pick show last week, I kind of went against the Colts, but a big reason for that was they're without Darius Leonard, T.Y. T.Y. Hilton, Hilton, Malik Hooker's out. And, and so they're, they're just struggling with that right now.
0: Yeah. That, I mean, that's the one thing that the Titans have sort of had going for them, you know, aside from missing Taylor Lewan, which was not injury related is the fact that they've been relatively healthy this year. Whereas last year, seemed like every week there was, you know, another big injury that was coming up. A lot of it started with Mariota. This year, they've been healthy. So, you know, sort of the problems that they faced have been less about that. Again, Lawan missing was, you know, a really big part of things, but it's been more, I guess, self-inflicted. We could talk about the coaching for a second here. What did you think of that? I mean, I think we all thought the same thing about that fourth and one decision by by Mike Vrabel. It was at the 10-yard line, Early in the fourth quarter, they're up by two touchdowns. A field goal, an easy field goal, would have been, you know, less than, fewer than 30 yards. Puts you up by 17 points, three scores. Seems like a layup. You know, I think we all knew that was a bad decision at the time. How egregious did you think that was? Yeah,
1: you should have kicked the field goal. I, I, I think we were, we were all sitting there in the press box kind of quizzing each other like, can anyone think of one reason <laughs> yeah. why you would do that? And, mm-hmm. and no, no, you want to go up 17 points there. And I, I think he realized it later yeah. and, and admitted it, and you know you end up winning the game by
0: fourteen. So right, it doesn't come back to haunt you. But again, this is the second week in a row that he's made a decision where, to me, this this was worse because I, I, I think it. it seals the game if you kick the field goal like I don't I don't even know if it's like the, 13 minutes to go 13 I mean, minutes that was left. enough
1: for two touchdowns but maybe not three
0: right I don't know if the the Falcons even have three possessions left if the, the Titans could get a couple first downs running the ball with Derrick Henry which we saw how he was going late in that game previous week Titans had a fourth and six could have kicked a field goal another short field goal there to get to fourteen to three. Instead, Mike Vrabel goes for it. And, and the reason that was so sort of head-scratching was just that it was fourth and six. You know, it wasn't a fourth and one. The Titans, to that point, the offense had really shown no signs of converting on those types of third down, you know, third downs, let alone fourth downs. They go for it, Mario, to get sacked. And they leave points on the board where, you know, uh, later on, they score a touchdown, would have been down by one score at that point. And that was, that was early in the third quarter. So, you know, that would have been just points on the board, I mean, to me, this is two weeks in a row where he's made two really costly decisions, one that did cost them. I think it really cost them in the Jaguars game because it sort of dictated where they went from there in terms of their approach. And, you know, again, they would have been down by one score later in that game and had they kicked that field goal. And this past week, it wasn't obviously as costly. They still won the game, didn't come back to haunt them. But to me, it's, you know, it's, it's a little bit of a concerning trend just because you want your coach to be, aggressive, which Mike Vrabel has been. I think he's done a good job of being calculated with his uh, aggression before these past couple of weeks. But to me, it, it's it's certainly been something past uh, aggression and, and closer to recklessness.
1: I think you're starting to see a little more of that. I think mm-hmm. the Eagles a couple of years ago were kind of the, the, the poster team for for the aggression. In fact, there there is a company in Louisville named Edge Sports mm-hmm. that does football analytics and is basically their clients are NFL teams. They give them a lot of the data on your win percentage chance based off decisions you make on the fly during game. The win percentage goes up and down. And you learn how that would be adjusted. One of their clients was the Eagles the year they won the Super Bowl. And most of what their research tells coaches is to be a lot more aggressive, Mm. to go for fourth downs, to do that sort of thing. I don't know how it would have applied in the two situations you're saying, but I I do think that's a – it's kind of a modern day thing, and you're seeing it in college and in the NFL, where coaches are being more um, eager to go for it on fourth down, eager right. to go for two point conversions. You see onside kicks, you know. So I, with Vrabel, no excuse on the one this last weekend. I mm-hmm. mean, there, there really was, uh, win, was the, the win the call. win the game. Yeah, I mean, you know, you make everybody feel good, or you get no kick field goal, win the game. Mm-hmm. But I I don't mind the. Aggression, as long as it, it makes sense, you know, there's no right. sense when you're up 14 points to do
0: There that. was a lot of that last year where I, you know, was on board with, with pretty much all of his, you know, aggressive calls. I think they were all calculated. Again, I think, you know, they, I could wrap my mind around where he was coming from and whether they panned out or didn't. Uh, I saw the sense in in pretty much every decision last year. These two, I just haven't been able to wrap my mind around. So we'll see if that changes, if it doesn't, this upcoming week. But this week, we've got the Bills. Gentry, what is your prediction?
1: I'm going to pick the Titans. And I think you told me
0: last year how your record was just... Oh, it was... was, I think I started 0 for 7. This year, I started 0 for 3. Although I, I got it right against the spread this past week, but it's it's really tough pickings when you're when you're trying to just straight up pick the titans to win or lose
1: i think i got it right with the spread against jacksonville but i did pick the titans to win that game okay and so
0: they just find a way to make you wrong every single week in fact
1: week. i don't believe i have gotten one right yet mm-hmm. but when it comes to the titans so uh, take it for what it's worth. That I will be picking the Titans in this game. I, I, the big thing to me is I think the Bills will be a little deflated. That's a tough, hard-fought loss. Very physical game against the Patriots. I think it'll be tough for them to to kind of get back from that. Come come to play the Titans. It'll probably be a hundred degrees still, mm-hmm. and uh, I think that'll be a tough situation, especially if you don't have your starting quarterback. And I know Josh Allen is uh, is questionable with a mm-hmm. concussion, so I think that that's uh, that's going to be an issue too. But Tell you, like I said, if anybody knows what to expect from these Titans and has a good beat on on where it's going week to week, you you know you you're lying because well, I, yeah. anybody says that, I, well, I, just I think don't see. good luck.
0: I don't want to. I think to some extent, I do at this point, just because whatever I think, uh, the opposite will. That's happen. That's fair. That so actually just, is the best way I think. Right. The- <laughs> so I just go with my the opposite of my gut instinct, and I will say that you know missing your starting quarterback is. Big, obviously, but Matt Barkley didn't kind of actually look better than Josh Allen in that Patriots game, which was a very low bar to clear. I'll say that because Josh Allen did not look good at all against the Patriots, but Barkley came in and didn't look awful or anything. So, uh, and the Titans are zero two this year against backup quarterbacks. So, you know, take that for for what it's worth. I have Bill seventeen, Titan sixteen. I think it's going to be a really def- defensive uh, sort of uh, grinded out type game. Actually funny side is that this game has been decided by a point in each of the last three games of this series so i continued with that trend i think i just think the bills defense is is so good we saw that last week against the patriots and tom brady and i think the titans will sort of just fall victim to that this week they are two and oh as favorites this year or two and oh as underdogs 0 oh 2 as favorites, and they're favored by this one by a few points. So I've got the Bills 17, Titans 16. I think I
1: said 17 13 Titans, but this really could be like 9 to 7. or yeah. I mean, it, these two. It really could be. Defensive kind of game. All right, well, that does it uh, for this edition of Talking Titans. We hope you'll subscribe to uh, Tennessean.com if you haven't already. Remember to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever it is you get your podcasts. Please drop us a review and a rating while you're at it. For Eric Backrack, I'm Gentry Estes, and we'll see you next time.
0: Talkin' Titans hosts each Thursday at Tennessean.com. You can also subscribe to Talkin' Titans for free on Apple Podcasts and Google Play. I'm Sean King. Talkin' Titans is a production of The Tennessean.